Ladies, gentlemen, this is the Greatest Asset Podcast. I'm your host, Frederick Middlebrooks, and you might be thinking, wait a minute, I thought I was tuning into the Real Estate for All podcast. Well, you're in the right place. We are rebranding from the Real Estate for All podcast to the Greatest Asset Community podcast. And so we'll talk more in another episode about what the Greatest Asset Community is all about, what we're aiming to achieve, and further details on that. But in this episode, we are going to be talking about DSCR loans, or Debt Service Coverage Ratio Loans. I am excited about this topic because when I first learned about DSCR loans, it was something that was right in my wheelhouse. So it is a loan product that will allow you to be able to purchase real estate without showing any income. And so that was something that really intrigued me. And so we're gonna get a little bit into the details of what DSCR loans are all about and how you can go about getting a DSCR loan as well. So I'm not gonna get too much into particulars of interest rates and loan terms because things like that can differ from lender to lender. So you really do need to check with your lender on what their terms are, what their rates are and everything like that uh, for the particulars. But I will talk in general about some of the more high flying things that apply to all DSCR loans. So again, DSCR stands for debt service coverage ratio and DSCR loans are loans that are for investment properties, people who are looking to buy a property for the purpose of renting it out. That is what a DSCR loan is for. And so it is a focus on income producing properties and the whole term with debt service coverage ratio deals with the fact that the approval for these loans is all dependent upon whether or not the debt service can be covered by the rent. Hence, debt service coverage ratio. So let's talk about that first. So a debt service coverage ratio of one means that the home rents for enough to cover the mortgage. So the debt is the debt service rather is the mortgage that's owed on the property. So let's say you have a property and the mortgage on that property is $1,000. If the property rents for $1,000, that's a one to one ratio. It rents for 1,000 and the mortgage is 1,000. So your debt service coverage ratio is one. Let's say that that property rents for $500. Now your debt service coverage ratio is 0.5 or half, 50%, because the property rents for 50% of what the mortgage is. So that gives you an idea of what the debt service coverage ratio is. So what does it need to be in order for you to be able to qualify for a DSCR loan? It depends on who your lender is. You have some lenders that require one and a quarter debt service coverage ratio, which means that if the mortgage for the property is $1,000 and they require one and a quarter debt service coverage ratio, then that property needs to rent for $1,250 in order to get approved for a DSCR loan to purchase that property. You have some lenders that just require a one-to-one -one debt ratio. You have some that We'll let you go down to 0.75, which means if it rents for at least enough to cover three quarters of the rental price of the mortgage price, then they'll finance that property as well. And then you have some lenders that have what's called a no ratio 
DSCR loan. What that means is that regardless of what the property rents for, they will still finance the purchase of that investment property. Now with the no ratio debt service coverage ratio loan, these loans typically, if they're no ratio in particular, will come at a higher interest rate and require a larger down payment. Because as you can imagine, if there's no ratio involved, these loans are riskier for the lender. And so because of that, they will charge a higher interest rate and require a higher down payment typically. So that is a little bit of background about what the debt service coverage debt service coverage ratio is or DSCR. I'll just say DSCR throughout the remainder of this podcast because it's easier and it'll keep me from fumbling over my words. So like I stated at the beginning, one of my favorite things about this loan product is the fact that there is no income required in order to get this loan to be able to purchase an investment property. So if you're wondering, okay, well, if no income is required, then what is it that is needed or what else are we looking at as lenders in order to be able to approve someone to be able to purchase a particular investment property as i've already just spoken about we look at the dscr portion of that if it's a one-to-one -one ratio or 0.75 or one and a quarter or no ratio so that's part of it is whether or not the property can rent for enough to cover the mortgage and if not how how, how much under the mortgage is it and are you with a lender that can go with uh with a ratio that is less than one so i've spoken about that part but let's talk about some of the other things for one there's a down payment requirement and that down payment is higher than what you're going to see on your typical fha and conventional loans the down payment requirement for a dscr is generally about 20% and that's usually where it starts. It can go higher, especially depending upon your credit score. And that will bring us into the next thing that we also look at is what your credit score is. But getting back to the down payment for a minute, the down payment is typically higher than what you will find again on an FHA loan where it's three and a half percent conventional mortgage, which you can have a 3% conventional mortgage, but you can also have a 5%, a 10%. Um, but oftentimes, a lot of people aren't putting 20% down on a home. For the DSCR, 20% tends to be the starting point for the down payment. And if your credit score is lower, you may have to pay a higher down payment. So what does that look like? If you're purchasing a $400,000 home, 20% of that is $80,000. So if you've got good credit, you're still gonna to have to come to the table with $80,000 for the down payment, not including closing costs. That's something that you definitely want to consider. Even if you're purchasing a home that's $100,000, that's $20,000 that you have to come to the table with for the down payment, not including closing costs. So the down payment is higher for these loans. And again, that's to help offset some of the risk because when you're not looking at an individual's income as, as grounds for the ability of them to repay the debt, that increases your risk some because now you are, depending on this individual to be able to market and rent out this property so that they can then get the money from the rent to be able to cover the mortgage. So that's one thing that can help determine whether or not 
you qualify is do you have enough money to afford the down payment? Another thing that helps determine whether or not you can qualify for a DSCR loan are what's called reserves. Again, not getting into the details of how much you need in reserves because that's going to vary depending upon whether you're an experienced investor, an inexperienced investor, what lender you go to because different lenders have different requirements in terms of the reserves you can and what you're using the property for for example you can use a dscr loan to purchase a home that you intend to use for a short-term rental such as an airbnb however the qualifications are going to be different than if you're purchasing a home that you intend to use for a long-term rental where people are going to be signing a lease for a year or for multiple years. So that's something that's also going to determine how much you may have to pay in your reserves as well, or how much you may have to show with reserves. You might have to show six months of reserves, 12 months of reserves. And for anyone listening who might not know what reserves are, reserves are months of rent essentially. So if you have a requirement to show six months of reserves, that means that you have to show six months worth of rental payments in a bank account, in a brokerage account, in a IRA or retirement account, somewhere that where you have liquid funds, which means money that you can access easily. You have to show somewhere that you have that amount of money or that amount of months in in a place where if you needed to you could access six months worth of mortgage payments so that is what reserves are and how much you have to show in reserves is going to vary so you have some programs where you might have to show 12 months which means an entire year's worth of mortgage payments you have to have that in the bank in order to qualify or you might have 18 months that you have to show it varies so that's something that can also determine the qualification as well so we've got experienced investor inexperienced investor we've got the dscr portion with the ratio how much does the property rent uh, in terms of being able to cover the mortgage and we've got the down payment as well so let's get a little bit into the credit score your credit score oftentimes needs to be a little bit higher than what it needs to be for other loan products in order to qualify for a DSCR loan. How high? Again, it depends on the lender that you're working with. For some lenders, they require a, a 660. Some may require a 680 or a 700. It can vary widely, so you really need to check with your lender. And as we stated earlier, the lower your credit score, it may require you to have a higher down payment as well. So that's something you will also want to check into. But outside of that, there are not a whole lot of qualifications with the DSCR loan like you would find with an FHA loan because we're not dealing with income, which means we're not dealing with a debt to income ratio. So you might have a lot of debt, but if your credit score is still good, a DSCR loan may still be an option for you to be able to purchase an investment property because we're not looking at income, so your debt to income ratio doesn't come into play when it comes to DSCR loans. So again, there's a lot of things that you can do with the DSCR loans, and I'm speaking mostly from the vantage point of a lender who services individuals looking to purchase residential property, meaning 
property that is one to four units. So we're talking single family homes, condos, townhomes, duplexes, triplexes, and quadruplexes, mobile homes as well. Uh, but we're talking in the sphere of residential property. Anything that is five units and more is considered a commercial property. So for the purposes of this podcast, we are talking specifically about residential property. So getting back into it, these are some of the things that we use in order to qualify people for a DSCR loan. Keep in mind, these are loans that you do not have to go in on by yourself. Let's say that you and one or two friends have always wanted to get into owning an investment property. This may be your opportunity because you can have multiple borrowers on a DSCR loan to qualify. So let's say that the down payment requirement is $40,000 and you've got three other buddies or two other buddies that want to go in on this home with you. Well, all of you pitch in what you have saved up to meet the down payment and closing cost requirement. And then you can all close on that home or that multifamily property together. And then you can all own it together, rent it out and benefit from the rental money together if it's not something that you're able to get on your own. So this is something that you can do jointly. Another thing that I will say on the joint uh, aspect of it is that sometimes there are multiple properties that people are looking at purchasing. For example, a lot of times, especially if you're a person that gets into real estate investing, there might be a, we'll call it a package deal where you can get two homes or three homes that you can go in on and purchase all at once. You can do this under a DSCR loan as well. And it's called a blanket loan, which means that there will be one loan that will cover the cost of purchasing all two or more of these properties simultaneously. And that way you don't have to purchase one and then purchase the next one and then purchase and have all of these different loans. It will be one blanket loan that will cover the cost of purchasing all of these homes simultaneously. So that is another feature of it as well. But getting back to what I was just speaking about, you do not have to do these DSCR loans by yourself. You can go in on it with some friends or some family and start building a rental portfolio together with someone. And I honestly think that that is a smart way to do it, particularly if you find some individuals that are financially savvy or responsible with money and willing to. And what I first say, first and foremost, before anything Make sure you get the terms of the agreement in writing, whether you're working with friends or with family. If you go in on purchasing any property, make sure you have in writing. This is what this property will be used for. We will rent this property out long term. When the rental money comes in. The first however much your mortgage payment is will go towards paying the mortgage, whatever is left over, we will put in a savings account until we've saved up $15,000 or $20,000, however much that amount is that you need for incidentals or repairs or maintenance that we know is inevitably going to need to happen on that property. And then after we've saved up that amount of money, then any extra we will divvy up equally 
between the two of us or the three of us, however many people are going in on purchasing this investment property. You wanna get all of that in writing first to make sure that it is clear and it is written and signed and agreed upon by all parties what the purpose is of this investment property, how all the money that's coming in will be handled and distributed. That's the first thing that you wanna make sure you have solid when you are going in and purchasing a rental, a rental property under any loan, not just the DSCR, but any loan and you're doing it with other individuals. You wanna be clear on that. So get all of that stuff in writing first. And then after that, I personally think that it's a good idea to consider going in with someone because one, you're helping to disperse some of the risk that you take on. For example, if you were to do a DSCR loan for a $200,000 home with a down payment requirement of 20%, you're already in it for more than $40,000 because you also have to pay closing costs on top of that. However, if you have a partner in there, then maybe you only have to be in it for $20,000 and you can your partner comes in with 20,000 as well, which means you can keep 20K in the bank and it kind of lessens the amount of risk that you're taking with putting all of that money in there. And now it's all on you to make sure that you get the person in there that you need to rent it so that you can make the mortgage payments and everything. So I think it's a good idea if you find the right individual who's responsible and you agree to all of the terms in writing, then I think it could be very advantageous to get into buying investment real estate, especially when you have programs such as the DSCR loan, which allow you to do it without having to show any income because most of the burden for the qualifications or the approval for that loan is based on how much the property is going to rent for. So with that, let's talk about the appraisal because the appraisal is going to differ a little bit than what you would see with a normal home purchase. So you, with a normal home purchase, you have an appraisal done and that appraiser comes out to the property to appraise the property to see if the property is worth at least what the lender is going to loan for the purchase of that property. That part applies with the DSCR loan as well. The appraiser will come to the property to see is this property worth, let's say $200,000 is the purchase price and the lender is going to be loaning $160,000 because you got to put 20% down, which would be the other 40. So the appraiser wants to see is this property worth at least $160,000 that we're loaning. That's the first part of it. The second part of it is the appraiser figuring out what the fair market rental value is of this property. So the appraiser then does an extra step. So these appraisals do cost a little bit more than a typical appraisal because they have that extra step in there to determine what can this property rent for in, the, in a fair and open market. That is the number that is used to determine what the ratio is. Does this property rent for enough to cover the mortgage? Does this property rent for more than the mortgage? Does it rent for less? And if so, how much less? That is the number that lenders go off of to determine what that ratio is. Is 
the appraisals, the appraiser's fair market rental value. Moving on to the next topic, prepayment terms. With a lot of homes, when you're looking to purchase a primary residence for you to live in, many loans don't have prepayment penalties. For example, if you're looking to purchase an FHA or even most of your conventional loans, they don't come with prepayment penalties. However, a DSCR loan in many cases, again, check with your lender, can come with a prepayment penalty, meaning that if you pay off this loan before a certain amount of time, it's going to cost you extra. And so how much extra? That depends on the lender. However, because when you're dealing with investment properties, you do have some fixing flippers that might want to get a DSCR loan just to buy a house, fix it up, and then try and sell it three months later or six months later. That's not typically the intent of the DSCR. The DSCR is usually for investors that are looking to buy a property and hold it. Now, whether you hold it as a short-term rental or hold it as a long-term rental, that's up to you. But DSCR is usually geared more towards individuals that are looking to hold on to those properties longer because with many of the DSCR lenders, you will notice that those prepayment penalties, the longer that you stay in that loan, the less your interest rate could be. For example, if you do a loan with a one-year prepayment penalty, which means that if you sell that home before you've owned it a year, you have to pay an additional penalty on top of that. The interest rate for a one-year prepayment penalty is gonna be higher than if you were to keep that home for two years. The interest rate would be lower. And if you were to keep it for three years, a three-year prepayment penalty, that interest rate would be even lower. So again, these loans are geared more towards buy and hold investors, not fixing flippers. And so because of that, you can see those increases in, in not just the, in, the interest rates, but also the prepayment penalties and how much you owe if your intent is to fix and flip it. So if you're a fix and flipper, just be aware of what your timelines are, is what I'll say in terms of how long you actually end up holding onto this property because it could cost you uh, in terms of not just interest rate, but prepayment penalty that you would have to pay if your intent is to flip this in a short period of time. So that's with the prepayment penalties. And moving on uh, to the last little bit that I'll cover is can you use a DSCR loan for refinancing, whether it be rate and term or cash out? And the answer is yes, you can use a cash out refinance or a rate and term refinance for a DSCR loan as well. So if you already own a rental property that has some equity in it and you want to cash out some of that equity and use that to go purchase another DSCR property. Since you don't have to show any income, you just need enough for the down payment. So you want to cash it out and then go and purchase another investment property. You can do that with the DSCR loan. Let's say for if interest rates were to drop lower than what you're currently paying on your rental property right now, which would be hard if you refinanced in 2020 or 2021 because they were super low then. But in any case, if for some reason you've got a high interest rate and you want to get that interest rate lower, you can do a rate and term refinance with that DSCR as well. 
Now the LTV or the loan to value ratio will not be as high for a cash out refinance. And what I mean is if you are purchasing a property under a DSCR, you might have a 20% down payment requirement, which means that the LTV or the loan to value ratio is 80% because 80% of the value is covered under a loan. You're paying down 20%, 80% is the loan. So their loan to value ratio is 80. But if you're looking to do a cash out refinance, a lot of times that loan to value ratio is less, meaning that it might be 70. So instead of allowing you to cash out up to 80% of the value of the home, you might only be able to cash out up to 70% or 65% of the home. It, can, it will vary depending upon the lender that you choose, but that's something to be aware of as well. It is a good strategy if you're looking to more quickly acquire rental properties and all you need is money for the down payment, then this is an, a way that you can get that extra money for the down payment is by refinancing a property that you already have under a DSCR loan. And you can refinance it under a conventional loan as well. I just mentioned DSCR because if you do refinance under a conventional, then again, you're gonna have to show your income. You're gonna have to show that you make enough money to support whatever your primary residence is that you live in, as well as this investment property that you're trying to rent out uh, and refinance as well. You're gonna have to show that you make enough money to carry both of these mortgages. But let's say that you don't make enough money to carry both of these mortgages, or you don't wanna get into having to show your W-2s or your bank statements or your um, well, you'll still have to show your bank statements rather, but if you won't want to get into showing your W-2s or your tax returns or your pay stubs, any of those income documents that bring about your debt to income ratio and how that balances out with however much debt you're carrying, if all of that stuff is going to inhibit you from being able to get a conventional loan, then a DSCR is a great option because you can eliminate having to show any income and you can still refinance that property, get the cash out that you need for whatever purpose you wanna use it for, whether it be acquiring other rental properties, paying down some debt, taking a vacation, buying a boat, whatever you wanna use it for, you can use that for. But again, DSCR is a great, great loan product if you're looking to get into purchasing real estate for investment purposes, whether it be long-term or short-term. So I would really look into some of the details, talk with the loan officer. You're welcome to reach out to me as well. And I'm more than happy to uh, speak with you, whether it be via social media or on the phone as well. So uh, that's all I have for you today. Thank you for tuning in and taking the time to listen. As always, please do like and subscribe to the podcast. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok, GA Loan Officer. That is, again, GA Loan Officer on Instagram, TikTok. I'm your host, Frederick Middlebrooks. It's been a pleasure, and I really, really greatly do appreciate you just taking your time to listen and hopefully gain some information that will help guide you along your financial journey uh, in life, as well as in home ownership as well. So take care. Be blessed. We'll see you in the next episode.